Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living Word Community Church. How are you tonight? On this beautiful day, let's stand together and prepare our hearts for a celebration in song and study in the Word. Hope you're doing great. God is wonderful all the time. Let's bow our heads in our hearts and ask Him to bless this time. Father, we are grateful to you, Lord, for this another opportunity to gather, Lord, and fellowship and just enjoy communion, Lord, and this fellowship you've given us with each other is a precious gift as well. More importantly, Lord God, we want to set our hearts and minds upon you and you alone. And Father, we just ask that you would reveal your truth to us in these songs we sing. In your holy word, Lord, as it's proclaimed, God, that we may feed upon you and continue to grow as disciples of Jesus, Lord. God, we just ask that you would just impute to us, Lord God, more truth from your word that we can share with others, Lord God. We know that your word says, and you shared, Lord Jesus, in your word, that when it's time for us to speak, Holy Spirit, you will lead, you will speak. We just pray that you would continue to allow your truth to permeate our hearts, our minds, give us your peace, and a desire to honor you in all we do and say, in Jesus' name, we pray, amen. All right, gentlemen, you're singing with me. Ladies, you got the echo. Because we're going to sing unto the Lord because he is worthy to be praised. I will sing to the Lord. To my Lord, because He is so worthy. Guys, and me, I will sing unto my Lord. I will sing unto my Lord. For He is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto my Lord. this little bit. I will sing unto you, my Lord, because you are worthy. I will sing unto you, Lord, for you are worthy to be praised. I will sing unto you, Lord, for you are worthy to be praised. you are the Lord and blessed be the rock and may the God of my salvation be exalted Lord, yes he does and blessed be the rock and may the God 
let's sing that a cappella now. The Lord live and blessed be the rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord live and blessed be the rock. And may the God of my salvation be exalted. One more time. The Lord. The Lord live and blessed be the rock. May the God of my Your name, Lord. You are worthy. You alone. Psalm 121, 
We lift our eyes up to you, Lord. The holy mountain where our help comes from is your only hope, Lord God. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven. All together, I lift my eyes up. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. Oh, I need you, Lord. How I need you, Lord. You are my only hope. You're my only prayer. So I will wait for you to come and rescue me. Come and give me life. I lift my eyes up. let your foot slip thank you Lord for being our firm foundation the rock on which we stand I lift my eyes up to the Splendor of a 
great to praise the Lord. It's great to sing about His greatness. How awesome is our God. How great is our God. Lord God, we just bow down before You. We exalt Your name. We praise You. We worship You. We glorify You, Lord God. Lord, we just lift You up and magnify You over our lives. For Lord God, You are great. You are the Creator. You are the Sustainer. You are the Lord. And You are the King. Lord, You're the Maker of everything. And Lord, You are the One who came to this earth 2,000 years ago, was incarnate in Jesus Christ. And Lord, You went to the cross and You died for us. And then, Lord, on the third day, You were raised from the dead. And You are our risen King, our risen Savior. So, Lord God, we just lift up our hearts to You. We lift up our lives to You, Lord. It's good to praise You. It's wonderful to give thanks to the Lord for all He's done. So, Lord God, receive our praises. May they just rise up to You right now as a sweet aroma unto You. And may they be pleasing to You. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Kids, you can go. You know the song, the the next to last song that we were singing, it comes from Psalm 121, where it says, I lift my eyes up to uh, the mountains. But what essentially what the psalmist is saying there, the people prayed to the mountains. They worshiped the mountains. And that's where you would find the idols on top of the mountains. He's saying, my help comes from you, not from the mountains. I lift my eyes up, but my help comes from the Lord, you know, from the King. And uh, that's Psalm 121. It's worth, uh, worth looking at and meditating on. Ladies getting ready for the retreat. I just want to tell you, I have the most important message, the most vital message that I will preach on Sunday that I have ever preached. And you don't want to miss it. You want to be here. Now, I know the ladies are going on the retreat. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm preaching, I'm preaching about, again, we're back in, in Mark chapter 15, and it's um, six hours one Friday. We're going to look at all of the, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I, I find people miss, and I'll teach you some things. And, of course, you can, you know, you can pick it up on, um, you know, on YouTube or Facebook and Go to the website to get it if you're not here. But ladies, have a wonderful uh, retreat. God bless you all. We'll pray tonight that uh, you have safe travels back and forth and that God just really bless you and uh, you have a great time with the Lord uh, down there in, you know, in PA. So I want to talk to you about tonight. Call this the fear factor. We've been in Numbers 13 and 14 for the last few weeks. The fear factor, and I'm going to ask you to go with me to Numbers chapter 14, verse 6 through 9. We'll take a look here at, at Joshua, okay, and Caleb. So in Numbers chapter 14, 6 through 9, but Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Father, 
you know, we live in a time, Lord God, boy, you turn on the radio, turn on the internet, Lord God, turn on the television, listening to people. And Lord God, the fear factor, I think, is greater right now than it has been, Lord, any time in our, my lifetime. And Lord God, you've called us to be a people of faith and not fear, a people who fear God and not fear men, a people, Lord God, who are perfected in the very love of God because it's perfect love that drives out all fear. And Lord God, we have been given a spirit and not a spirit of fear. So Lord God, I want to pray tonight, Lord, minister to us. Let us sit at your feet, Jesus. Let us hear your words spoken into our heart. And Lord God, may they bring forth an abundance of fruit, of faith, of the fear of the Lord, and of love. And in Jesus' name we pray this, amen. So what you have in, in, in Caleb and Joshua, right, they went and spied out the land. They came back with a very good report. We can go in and take the land. The other ten spies, they basically, they passed around a very, you know, negative report. We can never do it. There are giants there. We could never defeat them. They have huge, you know, walls around their cities. So Caleb and Joshua take a stand. And essentially, if, if you look down at verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land. Now, I just want you to know, see, they, they, what they had going for them that the others didn't have, they feared God instead of men. I just want you to take notice of that. They, they feared the Lord and not the giants and the, the seven you know, tribes of, uh, you know, of the ites. Now, when we, talk about, when we talk about the fear of God, to the unbeliever, okay, the fear of God is a fear of judgment. It's a fear of condemnation, a fear of punishment, a fear of hell. But to the believer, the fear of God is something that is completely different. The fear of God to a believer is, is the reverence of God. And a, a, good, a good verse that really you know, expresses this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 through 29. It says here, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence, and awe for a God is a consuming fire. So the, 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 fear, the fear of the Lord is, you know, an awe. I've talked about this. It's wonder. It is, it is a reverence for God. And that is, what, that is what Caleb and Joshua had, and that is what the other ten, and then again this contagion that just went right through the entire, you know, community of all the 12 tribes. It was, you know, it was just this disease of fear. And there were people, again, they were not grounded in the fear of the Lord. So they fell right into the fear of man. And again, this is something that you see that's happening in our time. Now, let me talk to you. I'll talk to you a little bit. Um, we've talked about some of these things about fear, okay? Four main causes of fear. Number one, death. The fear of death. To the atheist, the fear of death is annihilation. To the sinner, unrepented sinner, the fear of death is condemnation. And then to many people, the fear of death is just the fear of the unknown. And I'll tell you this, I, I've done many funerals. I think I've done as many, now maybe not as many funerals as I have weddings. But um, you know, I've seen people, I've been with people you know, who are dying. And there is a big difference between a true believer 
and their faith in facing death and an unbeliever. And, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't care how bold they are when they're well and everything is going fine. You know, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die. And then they get close to death. And all of a sudden, you know what? They're afraid to die. So the fear of death is one. The second is harm. People fear harm. And that is essentially harm coming to yourself or harm coming to your possessions, okay, to your money. You know, people are, are, are in fear. There's a lot of that fear today. The third is personal fear. And that is the, the fear of being shamed, the fear of rejection, the fear of being exposed or being found out. People discover the skeleton in your closet or skeletons in your closets. And then the fourth is the fear of the unknown. Things that they, they essentially don't know or they don't understand, things that they don't know about. Now we, we, again, we're in a time, the world, it seems like right now, is being driven by fear. Our nation is being driven by fear. And again, it's in the church, and I, you know, I, I really wanted to bring this message because I see people in the church who are being driven by fear. You know, just people hiding in caves, people running away. You see this a, a, a big thing where, where you know we're we're moving to another you know another state, thinking that they're going to find uh, you know the grass greener there. And it's kind of funny because I've, I as I've watched people, they move to another state, and you know they're looking for a more conservative Christian state, and it's a red state, and then suddenly it turns blue. It's kind of it's kind of funny. I say this to you, you know, the only place that I think you will be able to find on this earth where you maybe will be free and secure from the dangers of this world is Antarctica. And, you know, I, I, I really do believe that. But it's just really cold there. But then you got polar bears. So, I mean, you, you know, just like the, the people in Scripture, Caleb, Joshua, they ran into the fire. They didn't run away from it. Paul, the early Christians ran into the fire. Stephen ran into the fire. Peter ran into the fire. The apostles ran into the fire. And again, you see people running away from the fire at this time. And that's, that's again, a concern. It's also a reflection of the character of, of the church. I think that's, that's Laodicea. And uh, if God speaks to you, and the Holy Spirit leads you to move, you know, to another place, that's, that's fine. But don't let fear and the fear of men and the fear of the world be what's got it. And again, Christians, you know, they'll, they'll just, oh, yeah, yeah, the Lord, it's the Lord. It's Lord. And I've seen that. I've seen people really put their families in, in some really bad situations. It's not, the, it's not the spirit that's, you know, that's leading them. And again, it's their, you know, it's their, it's their fears, the fear of these things that, you know, that are going on. So some of the causes of fear. And let me talk to you again, the effects of fear. Uh, fear produces anxiety. It, fear, it produces worry, it produces stress, that rob us of health. They rob us of happiness, they rob us of life. A, a second effect of fear, fear stifles our thinking and our actions. And it creates in, you know, indecisiveness, stagnation, procrastination. We don't think clearly. You know, there's any situation when people are in a, a, a fearful state, 
they cannot function. Something that we, we teach people in the martial arts, you know, and if you have to be in a place where you need to protect yourself or run and defend yourself, once you get into that fearful state, everything goes blank. People freeze. You see this with, with some of the people in some of the, I mean, every night there's a you know, bunch of attacks that they put on the, the television. But you see people, they just, they just curl up and freeze. And uh, that's, that's an effect of fear. Uh, another uh, effect of fear, fear hinders us from becoming the people God wants us to be. Fears limit our spiritual development. Now, we should be in a, you know, a, a mindset Jesus must increase and I must decrease. But when fear is dominant, fear is what is increasing. And again, fear feeds on the flesh. So it's, it's not Jesus increasing, it's, it's, you know, it's me increasing in a very negative way. And he's decreasing. Fear will lead people into very destructive habits. And people who live in, you know, fear, it drives them to destructive habits, things, I mean, drugs, alcohol, I mean, they seek artificial relief, I mean, entertainment, um, gluttony, pornography. The great, great American psychologist Carl Menninger, he talks about the addict, a drug addict, uh, I mean, porn addict, alcoholic, uh, you know, person with alcohol addiction. He says that, they are like a person who is on fire, who throws themselves in the ocean to put out the fire, and in so doing, drown themselves. But he, made it, he makes a good point. See, most of us look and we say, well, the problem is the alcohol. No, the, the problem is that there's something going on inside that's driving that person to drink the alcohol or to do the drugs. They're medicating themselves. They're trying, they're trying, they're trying to medicate and kill the pain. And that's why, you know, so we, we, treat, we treat the symptoms, right, instead of really treating the cause of what's driving the person, you know, to those, to those very, you know, you know, destructive habits. And I think that's something that, that the Lord helps to really get to the root of the problem. Once the root, right, once the, essentially the fire has been put out, they don't want to jump in the ocean and drown themselves. So there's a, you know, a fulfillment and I know a number of you here, as I, I know you, you, you struggled, you know, in the past with drugs. You struggled with alcohol. And, um, right, and once Jesus began to satisfy that, that desire, suddenly, you know what, you didn't have the craving for alcohol anymore. And uh, the same thing, again, goes with, with many of these other things. But it does, it, it will drive people as any negative emotions will drive people to medication. It becomes painful. You're, not, you know, you're living in pain, and you're going to look for a way to medicate yourself. Uh, another key you know, effect, fear steals peace, and it steals contentment. A person who is, who is always afraid, our life becomes centered in, in gloom. It becomes centered in pessimism. And people you know, who live in fear, there's, there's just this continuous inner chaos that is projected outwardly into the lives of others. And you see, people live in fear. There's always an effect that it's having on the family. It's going to have an effect on, you know, on others. And then one other, uh, again, cause, people who are living in fear, they run away. They run away. They hide. And we saw this when, when COVID hit. It's interesting. We had a number of people here. They just ran. 
They never came back. And some of them were leaders. And it was kind of, you know, surprising. And I think some people maybe became highly offended when they were watching on television, and I said that we had a lot of cowards. There were cowards in the church who ran away. But they didn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't you know, stand. They, they just, um, I don't know, for whatever reasons, and uh, Lord forgive me for being so judgmental. I don't know exactly what's going on in their heart, but uh, they, they ran. They ran for the hills. So you come to Scripture. I want to show you just. A, I want to show you a couple of instances of you know how damaging fear can be. The first instance is David. So David, being afraid of being found out, right? He committed adultery with Bathsheba. She became pregnant, right? And now he wanted to cover it up. He was afraid of being found out. So what he did was he first tried to get right. He tried to, you know, cover everything up by getting Uriah, right, to go and sleep with Bathsheba, which he refused to do. Such an honorable guy, honorable warrior. And um, so then he put him in the front line and he had him killed. So adultery led to murder. And it was all, it was all driven by the fear of being found out. And you see people, again, somebody is in fear of being found out, and they will do all kinds of things to cover it up. And it's just like one sin, you know, just compiling upon another. And then if, if you look at, you know, Ahab, Jezebel, and Elijah, Ahab, okay, he wasn't a righteous king, but he was terrified of his wife, Jezebel. And that caused him to totally rebel against God and basically take up her idols and her, her, her false gods. And then Elijah... Right? He became terrified by Jezebel, ran off right into the wilderness, and what did he pray to God? He wanted, yeah, kill me, take me out. That was, you know, again, him being driven by fear. Peter denied the Lord, being driven by fear. The apostles deserted the Lord, being driven by fear. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, right, their fear kept them they secret believers. You know, secret believers. They right when everything is is safe, and they'll say, "Well, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a believer." But put them in public, and it's something. It's kind of embarrassing. With, with with you know, Christian people get together, and we worship the Lord, and we praise the Lord, and and then we go out to a diner. It's time to pray, and people are like worried. Right? They're, they're looking at us. They're going to think we're fanatics. Right, they're going to think we're a bunch of religious fanatics. And suddenly they're, you know, they become secret believers. So fear is driven, right? It's, it's, it's driven by the media, <laughs> right? It's, it, I mean, the media just sells fear. They, they, they market fear. And, and, you know, look, I don't care who you're watching, and it could be CNN, or it could be MSLSD. I'm sorry, I think that's an MSLSD. Or it, it could be Fox. Fox. Fox markets fear all the time. It's something like it's addicting to people, right? You keep, you keep going back. I've had, to, I've had to really turn off a lot of this because it was not only making, it was, it was making me feel, it was making me angry. You're living with this, this anger and this rage. Fear sells. Fear sells, right? Are you buying? Look at, look at, these are, these are two books. 
Fear selling for financial advisors and why everyone is selling fear. It, 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 because it works. You can get people to buy your products if you get them afraid. At the, the whole climate, right? The, the, the whole climate. Look, the, the stop climate change before it changes you. That's just fear. The, the, the gun manufacturers, this isn't, this isn't a, a knock, you know, against the Second Amendment. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe we have a right as Christian people to protect ourselves, uh, as the Scripture teaches us, and you can find a lot of that in Exodus chapter 21-22. But the gun manufacturing companies, they sell fear. They don't sell guns. They sell fear. And it's just they, they, they market it. Practice the martial arts. Martial arts, again, are sold on fear. They just, they, they, create, they create fear in people. And I mean, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of it is fear-driven. A lot of it is delusional-driven. And, you know, I see, I see people, you know, you, you practice the martial arts, and these people, I mean, first of all, most martial arts do not work in a violent situation. They don't work. They're, they're basically, they're geared towards what's called social violence, competition, not crazy violence. And violence where somebody is coming to, to kill you and will use anything they have to be able to do that. It's a completely, it's a completely different experience. I think a lot of people, again, they, they get this delusion in doing, in doing martial arts that, you know, hey, you know, they can take on two or three people. It's like they, it's like they think they're John Wick. You ever, John Wick, right? John Wick. I mean, it's entertainment. John Wick can take on. He takes on not only two at one time. He takes up five at one time. He takes on 20 at one time. Or um, Liam Nielsen in Taken, right? He can walk in and you, get, you, got, you got 10 250-pound holy, um, holy angels, hell's angels, and he can take them on. And these people start to believe this stuff. It's delusional. And, uh, you know, just anybody who has, who has, again, ever had to experience true violence, not social violence, a completely different game. But again, it's, it's, it, it's sold on, it, it's just, right, they sell fear. The financial industry, right, markets, right, they, they don't market products, they market fear. Buy gold, right? There's, this is something I've been get these newsletters, get these emails from people for the last 20 years, buy gold, because the market's going to crash. So buy gold. Ten years ago, uh, where gold was at the beginning of this year, it was at the same place. Okay, so gold right now is up this year over the course of ten years. It's up right now, and it's up 9%. If you would have kept your money in the stock market, you would have gained 14% a year, 10 years, that's 140% compared to 9%. But the fear, the fear mongers, again, I'm not against people owning, I think gold is a good thing, it's a, a store value, you can have some of that in your portfolio, I just think, I'm going to give you portfolio advice here, and, um, but it, 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 it's just, they sell fear. The, fin the, the financial people, they sell fear. And again, this is what they market. Look at, look, this is, you know, Survival food. I think it's good to have some survival food. You know, it's just good to, good to have a little store for yourself and for others. Have water. 
you know, just, I think it's, it's a key thing, but this is, what is an EMP? How can you prepare, right? And, and again, this is how they sell. They sell it on fear. Right now, bomb shelters are selling like crazy to rich people. There, you know, this is, these are bomb shelters from the 1950s. I don't know if you, some of you, you know, remember the 50s and 60s, but they're selling bomb shelters. You put a bomb shelter in your backyard, you're going to pay fifty, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to the bomb shelter. If we get nuked, you're gonna to have to stay there for ten years because if you come out, you're gonna get radiated. So it's just it's just, you know, this I was I was talking to one guy, he was, you know, telling me where he's moving to, and he says, Well, you know, it's you know, just if we go there, you know, if there's a nuclear war, and I was like, if there's a nuclear war and you're talking about the cities in this country getting hit with nukes, you want that nuke to land on top of your head. Because if you, if you manage to be in a place where basically the radiation, right, doesn't hit a mini, you're going to get radiated. And you know what, you know what it's like when, when, you know, just look at what happened in, in, you know, in Japan. You don't want to be alive. You won't go home and be with the Lord. I, you know, when... Russia, the Soviet Union, and the United States, I mean, back in the 80s, remember that? We thought we thought, nukes, we, thought we were going to have a nuclear exchange. When I would pray, I said, Lord, if they come, you know, I, if you rapture me, that's great. But if there is a nuclear attack, I want that missile to come right through and hit me right on the head. <laughs> because I don't want to be left to... It's horrible. But again, it's, it's, it, it's all fear. So um, if I've got you aroused in fear, that wasn't my purpose. My purpose is, let's look at the Word of God. Because again, we, we, we listen, we start listening to all these people. What does God have to say? What does God have to say about, you know, about fear? So one verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. You know, I think many of you have this memorized. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. He has not given us a spirit of fear. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. And again, you see this, this, this fear, I see this on, on, on Sunday, right? The Republicans are afraid of the Democrats. The Democrats are afraid of the Republicans. Conservatives are afraid of liberals. Liberals are afraid of conservatives. Black people are afraid of white people, and white people are afraid of black people. Asian people are afraid of, uh, of, 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 you know, of us, you know, white and, and black people. But everybody is living in this fear. And this is, this is the devil. And he, and he divides. Look at our country. Our country is all divided. Our church is not. But the country is divided. And I think a lot of it has been, you know, you can, you know, the great, the great dividers, the great dividers in the educational institutions, the great dividers in, in politics. But ultimately, Satan is the one who's pulling the strings. And he's, he's just, you know, cre- creating division through fear. The word of the Lord, Psalm 33, verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Fear God. 
So I want to show you, I'm going to show you seven benefits of fear, and then I'm going to give you a, a, a final application that I believe can, can to, a great, to a great extent, reduce fear. So the benefits of, essentially, the fear of the Lord. Okay, so we're going to go Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And good understanding have all those who do his commandments, his praise endures forever. Do you understand what essentially what it's saying? The fear of God is the foundation of true wisdom. All other types of learning essentially become worthless and really fruitless if they are not built upon the fear of the Lord. That's a, a, a key thing. You could, have, you could have a PhD, you could have many degrees, you could have knowledge in physics, you could have knowledge in biology, it, you could have knowledge in history. But if it is not built upon the fear of the Lord, you know what, then it seems like everything else. Like you, you look, at, look at, you read a historian, I've read historians, Will Durant, the history of the world. Not Mel Brooks, this is Will Durant. It's like 12 volumes and he was not a believer. When you're a believer and you study history, you see, you see that there's this cosmic battle going on between God and Satan. There's a chess match going on. It's, it's move and it's counter move. And you begin to look at history completely different. You know, just as we look at the world right now, as Christians, we, I mean, you listen again, you listen to the generals, you listen to the politicians, you listen to the pundits, they're talking about, right, Iran is getting ready to invade Israel, and China's getting ready to invade Taiwan, and North Korea is getting ready to invade South Korea, you have the war going on, right, you look at all this stuff, but they look at it, they're looking at it just through human eyes, and they're not seeing, right, that there are things that are happening, and Satan is orchestrating things, ultimately he's going to fail, and God said, he predicted all these things, that this would be happening in the end time. But when you have the Lord right in your life and you fear him, you're going to view. You're going to view history. You're going to view science. You're going to view these things very differently. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Number two, don't be afraid for God has come in this way to test you and so that you fear, uh, your fear of him will keep you from sinning. And the fear of the Lord keeps people from sinning. You get, the, you get the, the, the fear of God in you, the fear of knowing that you're going to reap what you sow. God can't, God can't be, you know, he, he can't be lied to. He can't be fooled, right? Galatians 6. You will, you will reap what you sow, and when you have that, that fear in your life, you know what? You're not going to be wanting to sin. I'll tell you a, a personal story. So yesterday, Sue and I were driving, and um, yesterday, Monday, and I was in a uh, in the hardware store in uh, in Closer, and I backed out and I hit a car, and um, it was a Lexus, a nice Lexus. I wish this was a Chevy, but it was a, a Lexus, and I hit it, and then I I pulled forward, and. Um, Sue, Sue's looking, and she said, there's nobody there. And I said, well, then let me pull over, and, you know, let me find out. He's probably still in the hardware store. And just as I got out, and Sue says, oh, there he is. He's coming into his car. And it was this, this older gentleman, and let me tell you, a gentleman, 
And um, so I said to him, sorry, I just hit your car. And I went over and looked at it, and there was a, there was a ding in it. But I also, the entire panel had basically, you know, shifted. So um, I said to him, uh, I said, let me, let me give you my, you know, my information. Let me, you know, I said, I'll, you know, I said to him, I don't want to report it to insurance. I'll cover it out of my pocket. And um, he looked at me and he, and he goes, he goes, it's so, what, so nice to meet a person who's normal and, and like upstanding. And so I gave him all my information. And I said, him, go, you know, go and get it taken care of. And, and then he couldn't get the car started. So then he called me like 10 minutes later and said, my car won't start. I said, I must have hit, I, it hit a sensor. And it shut down. So I had to send it to, to Lexus. I talked to him today. And I, I, I'm talking to him. And he, go, and he, he said to me, he goes, you're, you're an honest guy. And I said to him, I'm a Christian. And he goes, I'm a Christian too. And so he goes to the Harrington Park Community Church. He's a deacon. And so I, I, you know, I said to him, I said, you know, so the scriptures teach, if we make a mistake and we hurt someone, we have to make restitution. And I said, walking away, I said, if I just drove away, drove away from, you know, from there, I said, it, it would have, it, God would have been, you know, convicting me. My conscience would have been convicting me. And again, that's just, that's my fear of God. That's the fear of the Lord that, you know, that, you know, that drove. It's anything, not, nothing wonderful. I'm not, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's what, what we all would do. But I wouldn't want somebody to hit my car, cost me $1,500 worth of damage, and then just drive away, right? Do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. But it's, again, it's, it's driven by the, the, the fear of God. Luke chapter 150, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. All who desire to have the mercy of God in their life, they must have a fear of God Knowing that, right, they've sinned against God. And it's that, you know, if you, you don't have the fear of God, you don't have a desire for his mercy. So that just o- opens us up to the mercy of God. Proverbs ten twenty seven: the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. There's no question that the fear of the Lord, when, when we understand the consequences of sin, that God has set this, this universe up, again, where we will reap what we, you know, we will sow what we reap, Okay, and reap what we sow, that in, in looking at, at that, I think you're going to want to live a cleaner life. The, the Christian life, listen, it was Pascal who said, if it's not true, right? He said, if I find out at the end that it wasn't true, he goes, I still lived such a great life, a healthy life, a peaceful life. So even, you know, we, there, there are tremendous benefits of living, right, a, a, a Christian life. And it, I believe, does prolong our life. You know, just, you, you look at, I mean, gluttony, drunkenness, pharmacia, unforgiveness, envy, anger, vengeance, adultery. They ruin your body. They shorten your life. There's no question. Next one. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress And for their children, it will be a refuge. So parents or a parent who fears the Lord, okay, they are going to establish a foundation of protection for their kids. They're going to guard those kids from harmful associates, from looking at, at, at harmful things from listening to, you know, harmful things. They're going to protect their children, you know, and that, that is going, again, bring a blessing to the children. To the family. Psalm 25, 15. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. 
And he makes known to them his covenant. And essentially, again, the fear of the Lord brings us into a deep friendship with the Lord. And he reveals his truth to us. All right, final point here. How to conquer fear. I'll give you three key things here. First, fear God. The fear of God is the killer of other fears. Fear God, and it's the great conqueror of other fears. Joshua and Caleb had the fear of God, and they did not have the fear of men, and the fear of big men. Matthew chapter ten twenty eight, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's again, that's fear God, not man. Somebody said, we fear men so much because we fear God so little. The more you come into the fear of the Lord, the less you're going to fear men. Number two, faith. Faith is a fear killer. The fear of God is, a, is, a, is, a, is again, a fear killer, and faith is a fear killer. Matthew chapter 8, 26, you know, over and over you see Jesus saying this, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? The opposite of fear is what? Faith. The opposite of fear is faith, and the opposite of faith is fear. I'm just telling you what the passage said. <laughs> so where, where does faith come from? Romans chapter ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. The more you're in the word, the more your faith is going to increase. And then you're going to find your fears are going to decrease. I want to read to you from Joshua chapter 1, 6 through 9. So, I want you to notice, and I talk to you, I talk about a, like the Bible, you see when there is an expression, the spirit working through a man, there's a word sandwich. And I want you to see there's a word sandwich here. So, in verse 6, be strong and of good courage. By the way, it says that four times. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, second time, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Now watch in verse 8. Here's the meat, right? That's, that's the bread. There's more bread down in verse 9. Here's the, the, the meat. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Talk about it. Right? Have it on your tongue. Have it on your, on your lips. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Have it in your mind. Have it in your mouth. Have it in your mind. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Have it in your actions. Practice it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Watch now, verse 9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? And now he puts, it, he puts it in the negative. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. So four times, right? Be courageous. Be strong, right? Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, how do you get that type of courage? How do you get that type of strength? Being in the Word. 
when you're, when you're in his word, you really are in his word. You're, you're in the word, in the spirit. You're in the word, in faith and in humility. He is going to build strength in your life. And it is a, it is a very powerful thing. All right, last one. How do you conquer fear? Love. So you were kind of right there. <laughs> love is a great conqueror of fear. The fear of God, faith, love. First John chapter 4.18 There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So love is a, is a fear killer. When we, when we are, are filled with the love of God, we're walking, we're walking with Him. We're, we're living in His love. Right? I am loved. I am loved by God yesterday. I am loved by God today and I will be loved by God tomorrow and forever and ever. And you're living in that love. You're going to find that, that fear just, it, it can't get a hold of you. See, just people on their deathbeds who love God and just had that flow of love, and we, you know, we talked. We talked about Harriet Davis on on Sunday. Woman who loved Jesus. Woman who, you know, Jesus was in her life. You know, through most of her life, she knew that love of the Lord. And you know, right there when she said, "Hey, I want to go home to be with Him," there was not an ounce of fear. She she wanted to leave this world. And that's that is that is the love of God that does that. And the, the, the big wraith, the big fear, death. Death, where is your sting? Right? Oh, oh, oh death, where is your power? It's the love of God, Christ, right? That has is, that is conquered that fear. So, again, just to wrap up here, Caleb and Joshua, the tremendous fear that they had, okay, of God, drove them, okay, to operate. They operated in love. They were operating in faith. And while everybody else was terrified, hey, they're going to go into battle and conquer the giants. So I pray that take this to heart in a time. I wish, I wish there were a whole lot more people in this church here tonight. Because I could tell you that there's a whole lot of people who are quaking and living. They're, they're driven by fear. Their decisions are fear-driven. And I'll tell you, it's a dangerous place to be. And it's not, it's not Christian. It's not Christian. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would just impress your word upon our hearts. Lord God, may it live in us. And Lord God, as we live in the fear of God, and as we walk in faith, and we live, Lord God, in your love, Lord God, may the devil not be able to come and terrorize us and infuse us with fear. Lord God, may we fear you and not man. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me. How could you not love the Word of God? Thank you, Pastor. Such powerful truths. That is so good. The altars are open if you want to come and pray here with somebody or ask for prayer and someone. We'll pray with you. Otherwise, we'll be breaking up into groups in a little bit.
totally undivided Father, for this night, Lord, your precious word, Lord God, piercing our hearts, encouraging our hearts. Thank you that we can live above the fear, Lord, beyond the fear, with you dwelling within us, Lord God. You are holy indeed. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.